0: Well, I hope the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is ready to go today because, uh, hey, we need your help. We've got to decide today who the KREF Recruiter of the Month is, and after the previous two days, this is by far and away the most difficult month to evaluate who should win KREF Recruiter of the Month. This is our third month doing this. Emmett Jones won the first two. Emmett Jones is a candidate for the third consecutive month. But who should it go to? There were four commits this month. James Nesta, we're giving Ted Roof credit there. We're giving Skip Johnson credit there. Dozy Ezukama, that's Emmett Jones. Wyatt Gilmore, we're giving that to Chavis. And then Xavier Robinson a couple of days ago, that goes to DeMarco Murray. So Textline, we need help. Who is who is officially the KRF recruiter of the month? Because no single assistant coach slated more than two uh, commits this uh, this month, correct? Well and n- I think none you of can them go landed ser- more than one or, right? or more than one. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. So you could go uh, you could go several different ways here for the K Riff recruiter of the month. So I thought we'd just tally some votes and hand out the award at some point tomorrow. So let's go 405 651 34 would you like to cast a vote as to who the uh, recruiter of the month is? The
1: Parker Thune official votes. I See, here's the thing. I feel kind of like a member of a jury right now. I have to be convinced. I need the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line to present their cases as to why X, Y, or Z recruiter should be named KREF Recruiter of the Month. Because as it stands right now, I don't feel comfortable rendering a verdict. Ah, oh, really? So you're going to let the people decide. Man of the people. Realtor
0: Chris says uh, skip. And hey... Uh, I mean, a commit didn't happen this month, but what was one of the you know bigger things to come out of this month for OU football recruiting? OU taking the lead for Taylor Tatum, right? And, and maybe a commanding lead for Taylor Tatum. Even though he hasn't committed yet, you feel really good about landing the number one running back at the end of the month. So maybe, I don't know if this, if this convinces you or not, as the texts continue to roll in here, maybe that makes it a skip versus DeMarco head-to-head here for recruiter of the month. Since you seemingly got the lead for Taylor Tatum.
1: that could happen at some point next month. I don't know. If Taylor Taylor Tatum had committed in the month of June, I would have said Skip Johnson is your KREF Recruiter of the Month. Based on the fact that Taylor Tatum has not yet committed, it feels a little bit premature to give Skip that honor. Unbelievable. Right now, as things stand at the moment... I am leaning towards Miguel Chambers.
0: <laughs> Realtor Chris says, skip. Uh, 918, what do Lebby recruits? Lebby do recruits the he quarterbacks. He do be recruiting quarterbacks. Uh, the Tridelts are getting a vote on the uh, text line <laughs> the for k Recruiter of the Month. Florida Sooner, DeMarco gets credit for an in-state kid, so he should win. Uh, Mark in Newcastle says, with all things even, the award goes to Patty Gasso. Okay. Uh yeah, I'm fair I guess. Uh Doc says skip Johnson based on Nesta and momentum with Tatum. That's what I was trying to sell, but fair enough. Parker was having, you know, no I- part of it. Uh Chuck says what two recruiters are guaranteed to bring in the next two commits. Um I mean, I would feel good about DeMarco and Skip. I, I don't know if he's going to be one of the next two, but actually that's that's up in the air right now. Like w-
1: which of these recruiters is going to land the next two commits. Like that's that's very yeah. much in the air, I would yeah. say. I, and I, several texters have pointed out that Oklahoma has not rostered a scholarship player from the state of Minnesota in almost 60 years. <laughs> and so it's been, it's been a minute since the Sooners got a Minnesota kid and that makes the poll all the more impressive as far as Wyatt Gilmore is concerned. So all that to say, I lean Miguel Chavis right now. Okay. Miguel Chavis is my nomination for K ref recruiter of the month.
0: Boomer. Freaking sooner,
1: as he tweeted out. He
0: tweeted out the pool pick uh, yesterday yes, as well, right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go! And the veins in his neck are just going, you're going crazy. Others are saying, why not just give it to the assistant coach who got a, a commit from the highest-rated player, and I believe that's James Nesta according to the 24-7 composite ranking. So we're all – I don't know if we're going to find out. I don't know if we're going to find out a legitimate winner for K KREF Recruiter of the Month. But we'll continue to go through your text and try to
1: figure this one out. But you are, uh, you are in the camp for Miguel Chavis here. Miguel Chavis has my vote. I think mm-hmm. having explored this from all the various angles, Chavis gets the edge in my mind, in my book. Uh, Brian in Tulsa, my Recruiter of the Month is Champion
0: Barbecue, LOL. Micah from Kanawha, Recruiter of the Month, Carl Albert Head Coach Ryan Whiteley. I thought Mike Dunn was their head coach. Is Mike Dunn not the
1: Carl Albert Head Coach? I don't know. Um, I, I haven't th- spent enough time around that program. Okay, to Carl know.
0: Albert Head Coach. Carl Albert Offense Coordinator, whatever. Uh, could be Recruiter of the Month as well. So We got an hour to figure this out. Less than an hour to figure this out because uh, I don't know if anyone knows this, but... This show is not happening tomorrow. That's because uh, we are shutting things down at exactly 2 p.m. tomorrow right here on The Ref. We've got a lot of renovations coming and we're going to cut things off at 2 p.m. tomorrow. So from 2 p.m. on, we'll be off on Friday. We'll be off on Monday, July 4th, and July 5th as well, and be back with you on Thursday. So now you know the urgency that I have in this opening segment to figure this thing out so I can tweet it out here at some locked point. Locked in or becomes
1: locked down yes. tomorrow.
0: Nice. Very then, nice yeah, job.
1: Uh-huh. I don't know if you've been
0: sitting on that joke for a few days. No, or not, it, just, but it just
1: came to me. Okay. Very, very but, impressive. Yeah, shoot. Wow. We get deprived of a whole hour of recruiting talk. A whole hour of Doomer texts as well tomorrow. David Stone, look, I hope you commit to OU,
0: man. And I'm going to guess that you do commit to OU. But if you're not going to commit to OU, if you're going to do the Michigan State thing or you're going to do the Oregon thing, whatever, just do it tomorrow, (laughs) please. Do it tomorrow if that's what you intend on doing.
1: Do it tomorrow at like 2.05. Sugar Shane in Newcastle said default recruiter of the month is Ronnie Crimson if there isn't a well, consensus Well, he had not landed conversion.
0: a recruit in over a year now. It's been <laughs> over 150 days now, I think, that uh, Ronnie Crimson is working on David Stone. I know, and we're
1: coming up on the one-year anniversary of Phil Picciotti's pledge because it was July 4th of last year. So Ronnie Crimson's on a bit of a dry spell. Oh, Got to re- break through. The, yeah. Is Ronnie Crimson on the hot seat? Uh, yeah, he is. The recruiting Doomer, one recruiter we
0: don't have to ever worry about being there is old Todd Bates, definitely getting paid for doing less. So, yeah, there's your Doomer text of the day. Thank you very much. No, um, the news last night, one of the best players in Minnesota. Does, does one service have him ranked as the best player in the state of uh, Minnesota? Wyatt Gilmore, four-star edge. Uh, what's to to really be excited about here with uh, Wyatt Gilmore? 6'4", I think right around 250 or so yeah so the measurables look good but what what's OU getting here are they getting a hand in the dirt defensive end they getting a true edge what's
1: what's the get here yeah he's just a mean guy in the trenches and admittedly he plays less than stellar competition uh, relative to other prospects that OU's pursuing at that same position because he plays in Minnesota right but you flip on the tape and you see the traits that make that have made Wyatt Gilmore such a priority for the Oklahoma staff and ultimately led them to take his commitment at the Champion Barbecue. He's six foot four in the neighborhood of two hundred and fifty five pounds. Moves really, really well for his size. Obviously has the frame to carry more weight if you need him to. And so I think there's a lot that you can do with a guy like that. And he he somewhat reminds me of ethan downs from a physical standpoint in the sense that he's going to get to campus and he's going to be a defensive end off the bat but further on down the line if you need to turn him into a defensive tackle he can be if you versatile need to, yeah, yeah you need to pack 20 sure. 30 pounds on the guy and be able to play him inside as well as outside he's the type of guy that's going to be up to that challenge
0: 19 different states now we talked about it yesterday hey if uh why Gilmore commits anytime soon? Hint, hint, hints. Oh, you will have covered nine states and basically two and a half recruiting cycles, and you got your first player from the state of Minnesota in a uh, in a long time, in a long time, and, and versatile is a uh, is a good word to use there because the measurables the measurables check out, man. And Miguel Chavis, I don't think that this is well. It's definitely not the highest rated edge player that he's in on right now, but. Um, yeah, Wyatt
1: Gilmore's a nice ad. You, you got something good there? <laughs> I hate this text, but it's so funny. Has anyone checked the honorable mention all Pac-12 list to see what our 2024 offensive line class Jeez, is going to be? man. <laughs> credit where credit is due. That's a good
0: text. Yeah? What is the uh, – is there some real panic? What What is the panic text? I, we're, we're asking a lot of you guys today. I know, in the first segment alone. Is the panic level high on offensive line recruiting right now? Because it does sound like Caden Massey's going to Nebraska or Kansas State. It's
1: going to be Kansas State. Yeah, it'll be Kansas. I see.
0: State some. I saw some Kansas State crystal balls logged by Kansas State experts, but that's happening tonight at 7:30. Uh, Poe is fong to Alabama right now, so that's not great. It feels like there is some uh, slight panic on uh, offensive line recruiting
1: as we as we see. And I here. just i I don't understand it. Tyler, I don't understand why anyone would panic about Bill Bedenboe's recruiting because this is a guy that literally put an offensive tackle in the first round of the NFL draft two months ago and another offensive tackle in the third round of the NFL draft. And it's not as if those are the first two guys he's ever put in the league. He's got a long and distinguished track record of doing so with guys that we're not five-star prospects. And in some cases we're not even blue chippers. And so – I, I worry so little about offensive line recruiting. Naturally, there are other position groups where you miss on a few targets. Like, let's say Oklahoma hadn't gotten James Nesta. I'd be sitting here going, okay, where the hell do you go from here at linebacker? It's, it's a dire situation right now at linebacker, given that you missed on basically everybody yeah. that you were pursuing. But at offensive line – like, I'll be honest, and I don't think this is going to happen, but – Let's say Oklahoma missed on Casey Poe and Grant Bricks and Bennett Warren and Eddie Pierre-Louis and every single one of their top targets along the offensive line, save for Isaiah Autry, their lone commit right now. I still wouldn't be worried, Tyler, because it's Bill freaking Bedenboe.
0: Yeah, it's just you, you know the conference that you're about to go into. We all know that. And how many starters, how many offensive line game one starters are you going to lose off of this year's offensive line? Like, there's there's a real chance in 2024, your first year in the SEC. Regardless of what you think about this year's offensive line, there could be two, three of those faces that aren't back for the 2024 season. Sure. So, it it I, I would say this like it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, they're they're probably going to have to pivot here in a few different spots. But I think the progression of the four offensive linemen you brought in last year, very, very important this year. Because I absolutely think that we're going to see at least a couple of those names probably in the starting lineup your first year in the
1: SEC. Well, let me, let me phrase it to you this way. Can I interest you in an offensive line that looks like this week one of the 2024 season? Josh Bates at center, Caden Green, and Jake Taylor at the guards. Jacob Sexton at one tackle, and, oh, let's say you convince Tyler Guyton to come back for his fifth year, and he's your other tackle. If not, I mean, pick somebody else. Savion Bird, I, Logan Howland, I don't know. But the point is, I Oklahoma's offensive line is shaping up to be pretty stout when they get to the SEC, if you believe in the guys that are coming up, and I do.
0: I, I think last year's offensive line class is great. It's just be very, very helpful depth-wise if they could add – Really, three legitimate, um, have three legitimate ads in this year's class, and I mean, there's still, I guess there's still an avenue where that could happen, but yeah, man, it's not it's not trending the, the way that you'd like to uh, right now. Uh, all right, 405-651-3439 is the Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. I swear, we're going to find out who the K Ref Recruiter of the Month is by the time we get out of here today. I don't know how. I Everyone's split on the votes right now. So we're going to have to find a way to, you know, the, the best point of them all is going to have to win out here. But we'll find out who it is before we get out of here today. Keep the text coming. More Kruten coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref and The Ref Army as well. You're here every single day. We always appreciate that. Lindsburg, Kansas is tuned in today. San Leandro, California. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Birmingham, Alabama. Gaston, South Carolina. Goebbels, Michigan. Never heard of that place before, but they're tuned in today. Small Oklahoma town of the day, and maybe a few of you are uh, headed to this area for the July 4th holiday. Broken Bow, Oklahoma makes the uh, small town of the day list. Ref Army Locator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment. With locations at OKC and in Norman on Main Street, much more than furniture consignment. K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. Tell me if this is what the kiss of death sounds like. This is from Bill Conley of ESPN earlier today, okay. all right? Just finished tomorrow's Big 12 preview, and man, if you blow this one, Texas, dot, dot, dots. He goes on to say, OU's got upside, but no depth. KSU's got the line play, but might lack upside now. Uh, up, I guess they might lack upside. OSU and TCU might have the depth. But defense is sketchy. UCF's roster, I like it, but they collapse late in 2022. I guess Bill Conley and his uh, FPI or whatever it is is looking at the team, saying, "Oh, Texas by far and away the best team in the Big 12. Better not blow it this year, guys."
1: What do we know about Texas, Tyler? Death, Texas, and what? Uh, disappointment. Uh, yeah, yes, I mean that's that's one word. It's probably the best word, but. I, how, I wonder how many times Bill Connolly or someone of his ilk has said that about Texas over the last 10 years. Like, oh, <laughs> Texas doesn't win this Big 12. And they don't win the Big 12. Well, they hardly ever even
0: play for it in the championship game, right? That's happened once since the return of the uh, Big 12 title game. So, yeah. And it did not go well that day for Texas. Uh, By the way, you like my new Feel Steel magazine that I have in my hands right now? Nice, love it. Our uh, buddy Doug from Norman dropped this by yesterday. Look at Doug. Yeah, I know. I used to have to spend uh, just a ton of money for all the preseason magazines. Doug's already bought me a Lindy's and a Feel Steel. And old Feel has uh, position rankings in the conference this year. Dude, check this out. I don't know if I've ever seen this before. Like Even OU's best years and the rest of the conference was crap. I don't think I've ever seen this before. Phil Steele has Texas with the number 1 quarterback unit, number 1 at running back, number 1 at receiver, number 1 at O-line, number 1 at D-line, number 1 at linebacker, number 1 at defensive back, number 1 at special teams. In every single category that you can rank, he's got Texas with the best in the conference. Wow, How about that. Oklahoma, he's got them with like the uh, fifth-rated linebacker core in the conference, the third-best wide receivers, the third-best defensive backs, the seventh-best special teams. He's got Texas ones across the board. I just hope we
1: remember all this when they throw up another eight and four this year. I just hope we remember all of this. Gosh, we re- we at this point we should just rebrand the Texas Longhorns as the off-season dynasty
0: <laughs> no, because like
1: right. it's literally you can set your watch to it. We'll be reading the exact same thing about Texas at this time next year, regardless of what their record is in 2023. Uh, Captain Willard says, Remember when you were kids and blew up balloons
0: as big as possible just to make a longer farting sound? That is Texas.
1: (laughs) Best comparison ever, Captain Willard. I mean, seriously. That's right on the money. I love this earlier text from Captain Willard, too. Anyone who is nervous needs to settle down and have a cup of BV Kool-Aid mixed with 212-degree bamboo water. Mm. We're going to have a great season, and recruiting is going to blow up in the SEC.
0: Yeah, um, How this is kind of an obvious statement, but how critical is this year's success to really maximizing the SEC boom potential with recruiting? Like, is OU still going to recruit at a high level if
1: there's back-to-back subpar years? They'll still recruit at a high level. It's going to be hard for them to recruit at an elite level. If you win the Big 12... You play in a New Year's Six Bowl, everybody's kind of regarding Oklahoma as the team that could overturn the apple cart when they arrive on the scene in the SEC. Then you got a lot more to recruit around than, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to the SEC. Yeah, we haven't been good, very good the last couple of years, but, you know, we're we're an SEC program. Like, come play in the SEC. Come play against the best of the best, for the best of the best. Like, it doesn't carry the same weight if you're coming off two straight subpar seasons than it does if you waltz into the SEC with a Big 12 title on your back. Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Texas is like opening up a SpongeBob ice
0: cream from the (laughs) ice cream truck, and it looks nothing like the picture. That is so true. It looks like like SpongeBob's been hitting the uh, meth pipe for uh, a couple of years once you actually get the SpongeBob ice cream. The eyes are looking in opposite directions. The face is all messed up. There may be no teeth there. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good comp as well,
1: Sugar Shane. Sheesh, I, I think I only got ice cream from the ice cream truck once as a kid. It was not very memorable. It Was not very good. At that point, I was like, eh, I don't need to do this again. You
0: don't really see him driving around as much anymore, do you? No. Not as much of a thing. No,
1: like what? It's not as much of a thing now that I think about it. Like, when was the last time you saw an ice cream truck? Uh, I don't even know if it was last
0: summer. Maybe one roll through our neighborhood. I have no idea. It's been a while, though.
1: Gosh, it's been a while. I mean, it was a daily occurrence back in Nebraska on a summer day. Daily occurrence in Nebraska. It's so flat out
0: there; you could probably hear it from thirty miles away coming you down can, the you highway. Can hear you know, it from a ways away. <laughs> um, so hey, these these past eight days have been fun. They've been the most. Uh, I mean, it's been the most eventful. You know, week. So far this cycle for OU football recruiting, what, four commits in, in eight days? Three-star you. Yeah, I got that DM last night. Tom, I saw that one. But it feels like like July is going to be – It's I think it's going to be eventful. I think it's going to be a good month. It kind of feels like, though, it's going to be quiet until July 8th until we hear from Devon Mitchell. That's kind of what it feels like right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: and Justin Denson announces on July 1st there's – That that one's kind of shrouded in a layer of mystery right now. Hopefully, we'll get some more clarity as that decision draws near. But Devon Mitchell on July eighth is really the one you have circled at this point because that's a five star prospect, at least right now. When he reclassifies, obviously he'll drop a little bit. But I I don't think it can be understated just how massive the Devon Mitchell recruitment is for Oklahoma because. In a world where you get Devon Mitchell, that's your biggest tight end signing in years. Like, you got to go back to Jermaine Gresham. Well, not-
0: uh, and we've talked about it before. If he's a 2025 kid, and I'm going to bring that up in a second, by the way, is the reclassifying thing happening. But he's a yes. five-star in 2025. It would probably be your, I don't think probably, it would be your highest-rated tight end signee in the uh, recruiting rankings era. That's what Devon Mitchell is. That I mean, he's the best. He'd just be... You know, he'd be the only five-star you have. And found. if
1: you don't get Devon Mitchell, if he, for whatever reason, chooses Miami or Alabama, well, now what? Yeah.
0: And that's the thing, too, is, you know, if you get Devon Mitchell, then all is well, all is okay. What you essentially did is you got, at that position, the highest-rated tight end that you had on your board, right? I mean, they, they like the two kids from Washington— sounds like maybe they like devon mitchell a lot more the troubling thing is if you don't get devon mitchell and he goes to miami and he goes to alabama then people are really going to circle back around to well you really you mishandled the cooper alexander recruitment and maybe did you mishandle the nate roberts recruitment you know like you don't hear you're probably not going to hear about that as much if you get devon mitchell But right, wrong, unfair, whatever.
1: If you don't get Devon Mitchell, then that that will be be the talk. Yeah, it's going to be cause for a referendum on Joe John Finley. It will be because if he lands Devon Mitchell, if Oklahoma lands Devon Mitchell, well, then, you know, all is forgiven because everybody kind of looks at it and goes, well, you know, sure, the in-state kids would be nice to have, but you get a five-star tight end, it doesn't really matter who else is on the board. Like, that's the kid you push for, and, oh, you got him, so it's all fine and well. But if you don't get him, then whether it's – no matter how much truth or validity there is to the narrative, what people are going to see is you dropping everything to put the full court press on an out-of-state kid who was the top player in the country at his position, and you ended up on the outside looking in. Yep, And it came at a very substantial cost because – while you were going hard after Mitchell, you left the door open for Iowa State to snag Cooper Alexander, for Notre Dame to snag Nate Roberts, and potentially for Texas Tech to hold on to Ivan Carrion. And this is a class where you need a tight end, man. I mean, you, you really you
0: need a tight end and a good one in this 2024 class because Stockner's gone after this year. And not to say that he is the only tight end that you have right now, but who is the future at tight end after Austin Stogner? That's a major question mark right now. I, I think that that's a very big unknown moving forward. And Devon Mitchell would, if he is in the 2024 class, would help that pos- position dramatically. Now, as we know with the portal, you can always go and find someone in the portal and you know kind of put a Band-Aid on the situation, but they need a big-time player at tight end. And do they have that outside of Austin Stogner? No. Don't, I mean, not right now. Yeah, not right now. Not right now. Devon Mitchell might be your best uh, opportunity to have that. But, I, and that's the, that's the thing. Is he for sure going to be a 2024 recruit yes. and reclassified? Yes. Like that's still yes. 100% happening? Yes. Okay. Done. Don't have to worry about that whatsoever. Don't have to
1: worry about it. Okay.
0: July 8th, he's going to decide. OU Miami, Alabama. Wherever he decides, he will be a 2024 prospect. And he will be on campus in January. Okay. Well, that's 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 nice. I mean, I, nice if it goes your way. Nice if it goes your way. I mean, you'll 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 take it. Um, but yeah, you'd like to have him in that 2024 class because he is, um, yeah, man, he's he's legit. That's for sure. Williams Winery. Everyone wants to know what's the latest with him. What's going on with him? Um, did he take the Georgia visit or not? We could talk about that coming up next. But can we identify this race right now as solely OU and Georgia? Or do we still need to mention Tennessee, Missouri, and someone else? Like, Is this truly just a heads-up battle between
1: OU and Georgia? It's OU Georgia right now, unless that Oregon visit happens, and I'm not convinced it's happening. So right now, yeah, OU Georgia. 405 651 thirty nine, a lot of text to get to on the Meyer Chevrolet
0: text line. A lot more crouton to get to as well. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McCombus and Thune, live on The Ref for the Homeless Sooner fans. Peyton says this tight end situation is giving me former staff vibes where they go all in on one guy and then end up with no one. Anyone else getting former staff vibes with this uh, tight end situation? I (laughs) I mean, at least they they offered Cooper Alexander. Now you can say that it happened way too late, a lot later than it should have, but... Technically, they did offer more than one tight end for 2024. That makes anyone feel any better. Oh, boy. It, not. They,
1: ooh, the Doomers are out in force from the a listener in the 580. Calling it now. No Mitchell, Tatum, Durham, Stone, or Nguyen in the 2024 Jeez. class. They really will be three-star youth if they get none of those. <laughs> yeah, no joke. You miss <laughs> on all five of those guys. I, I, I don't know what I can say in defense of the staff at that point. Uh, I would say it's a very low percentage that they miss out on all five of those guys, especially Tatum and Durham. It doesn't seem like doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen. But you know what? <laughs> I guess it would make for some entertaining radio if nothing else. If we came in here on a Monday and the last of those five guys had just committed elsewhere. We might just have to read texts. Yeah. That'd be great. not not, not pontificate, not give our opinion. It's the content I'm looking for. Just let people vent.
0: Uh, Cherokee Sooner says, I'd like to nominate the recruiting Doomer and Todd Bates Nemesis as co-recruiters of the month. The day they decide to spread positivity and we get two commitments, me thinks it's not a coincidence. Well, let's test that out, please. How about it? Come on, Doomer and Todd Bates Nemesis. Huh? Let's test this theory out. You start spreading more positivity, and let's see if it ends up with some four and five stars in the month of July. Can you guys do that for
1: one month just to see if that's accurate? Not asking a lot. From a listener in the 918, hey, Parker, is there a kid that's committed to another school where you could see him flipping to OU in the end? Uh, First two that would come to mind would be Fox Crater, the four-star offensive lineman committed to Oregon. Oklahoma hosted him on an official visit June 9th through the 11th, so they're in play there. And then, of course, Peyton Pierce. As of right now, I She's don't not see not giving up. Huh? Well, and, and well, and Ivan carry on too because he's he's committed to Texas Tech. And that was
0: the one the I, I was going to bring up. Is you hope that name doesn't come up because it probably means you lost out on uh, Devon Mitchell. Uh, but you hope you're not trying to take a Tech
1: tight end commit at any point. It's probably not a good thing. Yeah, well, he's not even a tech tight end committee. He's a tech wide receiver committee oh, for yeah. the moment. Right, yeah, correct. So yes, you got to turn a wide receiver into a tight end in that case.
0: Uh, by the way, new ESPN uh, Cruton rankings. They've got David Stone at 6. They've got Wineri at 12. They've got Terry Bussey at 25. Dominic McKinley at 34. Taylor Tatum at 38. And Zion Kearney at 85. So if you were to get Stone, Wineri, Bussey, Dom McKinley, and Tatum, that would give you, according to ESPN's rankings, six of the top 85. That'd be a nice little haul there. And five of the top that. 50. Yeah, five of I'll the top 50. That. Yeah, that would be, uh, especially with a couple of, well, three of those being defensive linemen. Yeah, I, I think you would actually absolutely take that right now. But with one of those five-star defensive linemen, it's Williams Winery. Are, are we ready to go ahead and say that an announcement, publicly or privately, is going to be made? In the month of July? I, I'm, I'm thinking it will be in July, yes. Hmm. The biggest moment so far of the 2024 recruiting class sounds like will be happening in the month of July. Yeah.
1: Now, if it doesn't happen in July, I'm going to do basically what I did with Peyton Bowen last year and just plead the fifth on all conversations regarding timelines. Because like, if you remember last year, a decision from Peyton Bowen was supposed to come in July. Oh, gosh. And we were I, I do there waiting, I and do waiting remember. and waiting, and then it's nope August right before his senior season, and then it was nope October midway through his senior season. Once he's had the chance to go for a few game day visits, then it was nope November after his senior season finishes up, and then it was nope December after the state playoffs, and then it was well actually it's he's taking this thing all the way down to signing day. So five stars are an absolute bear to cover. Tyler, I cannot express and I thought this was going to be a pretty low drama one. I really did. It has not you're been. You're getting your money's so like, worth with David Stone alone in this one. Man. Well, and you're you're getting your money's worth with one area as well. So if he doesn't announce in the month of July, I I've given up trying to peg the timeline. Yeah, and it's going to be I, I it's going to be difficult to say like it,
0: the later this goes is that good or bad for OU? I I don't know. I I mean, there's just I, I guess some guys at 24-7. Is Fong one of them that's all over Georgia being the new leader for williams Winnery. Yeah. Is he one of those? He is
1: one of those. And, look, I, Steve knows his stuff. Steve's as good as anyone in the business. But I I disagree with him on that. Oklahoma is still the team to beat to me and has been for quite some time. Uh, Bruma Brady
0: says, If OU lands, Winnery, Stone, Tatum, Smith, Bricks, Durham, and Bowen, They'd be ranked fourth with 263, uh, essentially it's points, right behind Michigan at 263 with their 24 commits, while OU would only have 17 commits. Am I wrong, or does it appear that OU leads for all seven? Uh, I Bricks, you mentioned in there, and what? Isn't there just, uh, wasn't there a Bama uh, crystal ball in there recently? Bama? No, no, no. No, no who, who oh. am I thinking of that just got the... Uh, the Casey ba- Poe. Coast- Casey Poe, Correct. Do they lead for all seven, Waneri, Stone, Tatum, Smith, Bricks, Durham, and Bowen? Yes. yes. Definitely the majority of that, maybe all seven, but as we we've, as we've have found out, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to uh, get a commit or a signee from all, uh, all of those seven. But no, I, I guess no, fair no, point no, if you want to look at things out. like It just goes back to what we said the past couple of weeks. I don't think any class has more out there right now than what OU has. Yeah, There's I mean when, so many targets out there. When still. the
1: commits start dropping, you're gonna see Oklahoma move up the rankings in a big, big way. And I, I I think the ones that everybody focuses on right now in terms of you know who can really boost Oklahoma's ranking are naturally Stone and Nwaneri, right? Grant Bricks is a top one hundred player in the twenty four seven sports industry composite. Caden Durham, Taylor Tatum. Both of those are top 10 backs in the country, according to Rivals, the top two backs in the entire state of Texas. And so it's not just about Stone and Nguyenary. Yes, those two as individuals are going to do more to improve your class ranking than anybody else. But there's a multiplicity of targets on the high end of your board right now where if you get commitments from them, then... Boom, that'll send your stock soaring as a class.
0: Uh, from the 918, would OU get back in with Cooper Alexander if Mitchell signs elsewhere? Cooper's younger brother is a decent athlete, too, for future reference. That's correct. Um, would they get back in with Cooper Alexander? They may try, but that's going to be really difficult. I mean, they they got in late on that one. I just, I, I mean, it, it's OU. It's always going to be appealing to Cooper Alexander because of obvious circumstances. His dad played there, but... He seems pretty solid, to Iowa State
1: at, at this uh, at this moment. So they may try, but I just wouldn't be super hopeful about it. No, I wouldn't. And it's weird to say that about a kid that's committed to Iowa State, right? Uh, if if Oklahoma, in general, if Oklahoma were on a mission to flip an in-state kid from Iowa State, you would say, "Oh, it's a done deal, foregone conclusion." Not the case with Cooper Alexander. It's just a, it's just a different
0: recruitment. Daniel uh, Cruz, four-star offensive lineman, picks Texas last night. Wilt Fong, uh, he fongs five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo to Texas. So Whoa! Yeah. I Say saw that. what? Yeah, I saw that earlier today. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So they've got a couple of five-star oh. uh, crystal balls right now. Oh. Wingo and they have uh, Kobe Black, I think, as uh, crystal balls right
1: now. If Ryan Wingo goes to Texas... That's an issue, Tyler. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, it's I, there. You want to talk about punching back after Micah Hudson is seemingly going to Texas Tech, or at least committing he was there thought there to be moment. at like, Georgia.
0: Georgia was supposed to lead there, right? For yeah. Ringo, yeah, yeah. The word was him and Rayola, top were a ten player deal. nationally
1: by twenty four seven Sports. I, 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 as much as I hate to do it, Tyler, I gotta tip the cap to Sark on that one because. As soon, as soon as it appeared Texas was out of contention for Micah Hudson he, and he was going to Texas Tech, all of a sudden now you're in the driver's seat for Ryan Wingo. Ha, that's a heck of a rebound. Julian Sayan,
0: Alabama quarterback commit, gets his fifth star. Very deserving. Everyone saw him at the Elite 11 and said, uh, yeah, that is a five-star player. So he gets his fi- uh, fifth star. And then Michael Patterson-McDonald will be announcing on July 31st. Uh, it'll be between OU, Missouri, Houston, and UNLV. And um, man, I just got to think that the Westmore product ends up picking OU over Houston, UNLV, and Missouri. I don't know. In the I'm kind of getting
1: a UNLV vibe there. Yo, yeah, he, he likes <laughs> Vegas. I mean, like, yeah, you look at that top four. Unless Oklahoma decides not to take him, which they won't, with him being an in-state kid and David Stone's best friend. I, it's pretty blatantly obvious who that kid's going to be committing to on July 31st, is it not? Yeah. One more from the uh, from the text line. Brandon from the 405 says,
0: any update on Eli Bowen? Still OU lean? I just hadn't heard much. Yeah, yeah. that's a good
1: point because we haven't talked about it. Getting him a lot quieter, much much like his brother. He's starting to mirror his brother in terms of the trajectory of the recruitment. But, yeah, still an OU lean for my money.
0: 405-651-3439 is the knipple Chevrolet text line. We'll close up Locked In coming up next with more OU Crutin'. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the Homeless Sooner fans. Uh, Current recruiting rankings, On3 has OU at 16, Rivals has OU at 34, 24-7 has OU at 36. So, pretty wide gap there. Uh, On3 has him at 16, 24-7's got him 20 spots back, all the way at number 36. But OU is uh, most likely going to have 10 commits heading into the month of July, and if anything, they'll add a name rather than drop a name because there have been no rumors whatsoever about any commits getting antsy and wanting to test that visit policy and go somewhere else. It feels like, man, like most of these names, since they've committed, and, and maybe they've been doing some stuff on social media and I haven't seen it, but it's been quiet from all of those guys that have committed. It's been, it's been quite interesting. A little bit different than last year's
1: class. Well, I, and I think at this point, you don't really have to worry a whole heck of a lot about any subsequent commits looking elsewhere. And that's not without exception. Obviously, there might arise a circumstance down the road where you do get a commit, and a week, a few weeks later, maybe he thinks better of it and doesn't feel like he saw all that he wanted to see. So I'd like, I'm not trying to issue a complete blanket statement here. But the fact that the that virtually all the commits you get from here on out are guys that will have taken as many official visits as they felt they needed to take before making a decision would lead me to believe that you don't really have to worry about decommits down the road unless things hit the fan and things did like I I ask you this Tyler if Oklahoma doesn't lose 49 to nothing last year in Texas does Colton Vosick end up flipping? If I, if Eric
0: Gray completes the pass in the end zone and they only lose 49-7, oh, buddy, <laughs> I,
1: say he, I say he's there on signing day.
0: Well, no, again, like, But if, I know what you mean. Yeah, sure. exactly.
1: So, like, if Oklahoma has another tumultuous fall where they put up a losing record or they're hovering around 500, whatever the case may be, they don't live up to expectations, then you start worrying about decommits. Sure. But as long as you're winning football games this fall – and as long as you're all, as long as all of your subsequent commitments from here on out are guys that have made the rounds as far as their officials and visited all the schools that they're legitimately interested in before settling on Oklahoma as their college of choice, I don't feel like you're really sweating. Things it's just out. nice that Bobby Newcomb's kid committed uh, a few
0: months ago. Nebraska's got some juice right now. They've got some excitement. Everyone's excited about Matt Rule, and you really haven't heard much out of him. He's like he's not real interested in. At all in taking the Nebraska visit. And it doesn't sound like he's going to. Jim in Arlington said, Whatever happened to the days when the recruits who never got any offer from OU and had to settle for a non-blue blood, but as soon as OU offered, they come running? That's just weird. You don't turn down OU for Iowa State. It's a no-brainer. Jim, I, I still think that that happens right now. Um... I don't know if these are perfect examples, but you got both Taylor Wine and Taylor Heim late last year, and those were both late offers, correct? You you offered late, and you got both of those in the class, so it it still happens.
1: Yeah, just there, not not every situation's the exact same. Exactly, and I think Taylor Wine is a perfect example. And I mentioned I saw him on campus for the first time at OU's camp a couple of weeks ago. And you you, you take one look at that kid, and you're like, how on earth did he not have any collegiate offers until his senior year? So there are guys that slip through the cracks. There are guys that don't peak until late in their high school careers. And there are dudes that Oklahoma may end up offering down the line. And if they pick up an offer from Oklahoma, it's not because – OU's down to their last resort. It might just be because, and this is something Brent Venables loves to do. He did it with Isaiah Simmons, right? He loves watching senior film and finding those late risers. Uh, all right, I'm
0: calling it. I was waiting for someone on the text line to give a great reason as to why someone other than Chavis should be K-Ref Recruiter of the Month. I didn't get anything, so I, I guess on a technicality a little bit, we're going to go with Miguel Chavis because he technically signed go. the highest-rated recruits out of the four commits this month, okay? Or should I open it up for the next three hours? You can, like, tweet us at KREF Sports, Texas. Like, If you think it should be DeMarco, Emmett Jones, uh, Roof, or Skip Johnson, then tweet or text at us. And if it's a good enough reason, maybe I'll overturn it. But as of right now, Miguel Chavis is your uh, KREF Recruiter of the Month. First time winner of the award. We did it, baby. And if July goes Hashtag your way. Team Chavis. If July goes your way, maybe he could be back to back K Ref recruiter of the month. We'll I think have he should some be ready. Stiff rooting competition,
1: for that. though. He will have some stiff competition if July goes as we expect yeah, it to. But if he just if all he does
0: is sign Williams Winnery, then he's gonna be a front runner to win it back to back months. That that is, of course, if David Stone doesn't commits. But yeah, okay. Miguel Chavis, nice job. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.